Good morning. Today we'll be studying the fourth chapter of Hilchot Tefillah, Berkat Kohanim. And this chapter deals with different qualifications and requirements for the Tefillah in order for an individual's Tefillah to truly uh, be considered Tefillah under Jewish law. Hilchot Tefillah, Perek Dalet Halacha Alef. Hamisha Devarim Ya'akibim Atat Tefillah. There are five requisites for tefillah and the absence of one of the following hinder a person to fulfill his obligation despite the fact that its proper time uh, has arrived uh, in order for an individual to pray and they are the following purification of the hands covering one's private parts the purification of the place of prayer, things that may distract a person, and the focus or concentration of the mind. And again, without one of the following, an individual must go back and his tefillah, and we'll, we'll see exactly the details, but his tefillah uh, is not considered uh, valid according to Jewish law. How is the condition of the cleanliness of the hands fulfilled? Individual must wash his hands until up until his wrists and only after can he pray. And this washing of the hands obviously is with a beracha, as it says in Hilchot Berachot Perekvav Halacha Bet, that any time an individual washes his hands prior to Tefillah or Kriyat Shema, it is with a beracha, Bezat Hashem. We'll see that in the coming weeks. If an individual was traveling and the time for Tefillah arrived, and he didn't have water to wash his hands. If between him and the water were four mil, that that is 8,000 amot, it's around four kilometers. He has to go towards the locale, he has to go to the locale of the water, and washes his hands, and only after can he pray. However, if there was more than four mil between him and the, the water, he wipes his hands on a rock or with dust or on a beam, and then he prays. When is this said, when the water is in the direction uh, of the tr that the traveler is going. However, if the locale of the water was behind him and not the direction that he was traveling in, we only require an individual to go back one meal. However, if he was traveling and he passed the place of the water 
and it ex the distance exceeded more than one mil, he isn't obligated to go back. Rather, he should wipe his hands, either, like we mentioned, on a rock or on the floor, and then he can pray. When is, when is this said that an individual only must wash his hands for prayer and all of the other prayers aside from the morning prayer, shaharit? However, shaharit, an individual must wash his face, hands, and feet. And only after that does he pray. And this is a little bit reminiscent of the Kohanim, that the Kohanim would have to wash their hands, face, and feet before they would do the pray, the worship in the Beit HaMikdash. Maybe another similarity between Tefilot, Keneged Korbanot. However, again, if an individual is far from the water, he must he should wipe his hands uh, and then he can pray. Anyone who is considered tameh or impure, and Bezat Hashem will see the laws of Hilchot Tumah and Tahara when we get to them. <coughs> Again, that anyone who is Tameh washes their hands only and then he prays just like any someone who is Tahor. Despite the fact that all they need to do is to dip in a mikveh and they'll rid themselves of the, their Tum'ah, the Tevilah does not hold back an individual from tefillah. And again, anyone who's tameh only has to wash his hands. And as we mentioned before in Hilchot Kiryat Shema, in the end, that Ezra instituted that someone who had a seminal emission should, is not allowed to uh, read or recite the words of Torah until he uh, does tevila. And the court after Ezra also instituted that a Baal Keri cannot pray. That only a Baal Keri is not allowed to dip, I, sorry, he's not allowed to pray until he does tevila. And this rule isn't related to the laws of Tum'av and Tahara necessarily. Rather, this rule was instituted so that the scholars in Tamidah Hamim would not be with their wives frequently like the roosters are. And as a result, they established uh, the fact that a Baal Keri has to do Tevilah and only a Baal Keri. And they had, and they can sit, and they set him aside from the rest of uh, the Timi'im.
in this, uh, they set him aside right from the other Tama'im in this fact alone. Therefore, the people that would live, that lived in the time of this institution said, that anyone who had an abnormal emission, and a woman that was in her cycle who had a seminal discharge, or a woman during relations who began her cycle, that all these people require tevila for kiryat shema and tefila as a result of their emission. Even though they are tameh, and this also complies with reason. That this tevila is not because of Rather, it is because of the Gezeran, the institution, that Hamim didn't want that the, the, the Hamim didn't want the other that the court didn't want the Talmidei Hamim with their wives too frequently. However, this institution of Ezra and the court that followed. Has been is, was cancelled basically for tefillah as it was for Kriyat Shema because it didn't spread throughout Israel and it was and the community of Israel wasn't able to um, accept wasn't able to hold by this uh, institution it was too difficult for the community to keep this institution. Halachavav. It is a widespread practice in Iraq and in Spain. That anyone who has, anyone who is a Baal Keri does not pray until he washes all of his body in water. As a result of the Pasuk in Amos that says, prepare for the coming of your God. Israel. When is this said? This is said only in regard to the healthy person or a sick person who had relations. However, an individual who had an involuntary emission is not obligated to wash. It's exempt from this washing. The custom doesn't apply to, an, to this type of individual. Similarly, an individual who had an abnormal emission, or a woman um, in her cycle who had a seminal discharge, and by minhag, this custom, the custom doesn't apply to them either. Rather, they wipe themselves and wash their hands, but just like anyone else, and they pray. Now the next qualification of tefillah. How's the condition of covering oneself apply. Even though an individual covered himself just as he should covers himself for an individual should not pray until he covers his chest. Or 
If an individual did not cover his chest or he was stuck and doesn't have anything to cover himself with, even if he, despite the, as a result of him covering himself and not his chest, and he prayed already, he fulfilled his obligation. However, deliberately, an individual should not pray with his chest uncovered. How is the condition of the cleanliness of the place of prayer fulfilled? An individual cannot pray in a place where there's filth, nor in a bathhouse, nor in a bathroom, nor in a place that there's a lot of garbage, nor in a place that has the presum that doesn't have the presumption of cleanliness until he checks it. The general general rule is the following. Any place that an individual cannot pray there, cannot say rather, he is prohibited from praying there as well. And just as an individual must distance himself from excrement and urine and bad smell and from a dead body and from seeing something inappropriate for the same rules apply for tefillah and he must distance, distance himself in the same way uh, for kiryachima. If an individual prayed and found excrement in the place that he prayed, because he transgressed, because he didn't check the place that he prayed properly, he must go back and repeat his the Amidah that he prayed, in a clean place. If an individual is standing in the middle of his prayer and saw excrement in front of him, if an individual can walk past this excrement and it would be four cubits behind him, he should walk straight and do so. The imlav yisalekenu letzedadin. If he can't, he should move sideways from the excrement. The im eno yachol yafsik. And if he can't uh, move sideways or walk in front of it for a moment so that it will be behind him, he should stop his tefillah. Gedolei chachamim lo hayumit palelim bevayit sheyesh bo shechar velo bevayit sheyesh bo muriyas peet ipusho. The greatest of the sages would not pray in a house that had an alcoholic beverage and not in a house that had a strong smelling, small, strong smelling sauce made out of fish because its smell was very bad. Similar, it's the same with the alcohol, even though the actual place that he's standing is clean. And just to show you the meticulousness 
of the Chachamim that they would go to such uh, great uh, lengths in order to retain the cleanliness and purification of the tefillah. And this is, all of these qualifications are in order, obviously, to put an individual in the right mindset to, for prayer and for an individual to truly be able to focus on his tefillah. How is the condition of <coughs> things that are distracting to him fulfilled? Obviously not things that are distracting, rather to remove things that are distracting from him. That if an individual had to relieve himself, he cannot pray. That anyone who prayed while needing to relieve himself, his tefillah is considered an abomination and must pray again after he relieves himself. However, if he can hold himself for, four, for the distance of walking four mil, which is about 96 minutes, his tefillah is a proper tefillah. The Afal Piken, despite this fact, the individual should not pray until he examines himself. And check if he needs to relieve himself and remove any saliva or phlegm and anything that may disturb him from the tefillah and only after can he pray. Should he pray, rather. Anyone who stretched or yawned or sneezed during his tefillah. If it was at his discretion, it's improper. And it is looked down upon. And if an individual did examine himself and examined his body before he prayed, but it came upon him unwillingly, it's not it's not looked down upon, and there isn't uh, it's not such a big deal. If saliva accumulated on for this person during his tefillah, he had spit it in a garment or in his. Um, you should you should spit it in one in his garment or in his in a cloth. Um, <clears throat> she spit it, yeah in his garment or in his cloth. However, if an individual would be bothered that his clothes would become dirty and disgusting if he spits it in his clothes, he should cast it aside him or behind him in order for him not to be bothered in his tefillah and he'll be distracted. If an individual released air from below when he was standing in his tefillah unknowingly, he pauses until the air is released and then he returns and continues praying. 
ביקש להוציא רוח מלמטה, ונצטער הרבה, ואין יכול להעמיד עצמו, אם אינדיבידואל נידד להיכנס אייר מבלו, ולהתנהג את זה מאוד דיפיקלט עבורו, והוא לא יכול להתנהג מהלך לאחריו ארבע עמות וממתין עד שתכלה הרוח. He walks backwards four cubits, waits until the air is released, ואומר and says the following, in the middle of his תפילה. ריבון העולמים, יצרתנו נקבים נקבים וחללים חללים. Lord of the world, you formed us with holes and cavities. גלוי וידוע לפניך חרפתנו וכלימתנו. It is known before you our shame and embarrassment. As you know our embarrassment and disgrace during our lives and even more so when we are dead as we our corpses are turned into worms and rot after we pass away and then he returns to his place and prays If an individual was standing during his prayer and a few drops of urine uh, dropped on him, he should wait until the dripping has ceased and then he should uh, return to his tefillah that he stopped at. But if an individual um, waited the sufficient amount for him to complete his prayer, Uh, for the dripping to stop, he returns and prays again. Yodalid. Similarly, anyone who <coughs> anyone who urinated before the tefillah pauses uh, in order for the in time, the interval it takes to walk for Amot, and then he should pray in order for nothing to drip. But anyone who finished praying, anyone who finished praying waits the time it takes to walk four cubits, and th only then does he urinate in order for there to be an interval between uh, his prayer and uh, his going, releasing, uh, relieving himself. How is the condition of the proper focus and mindset fulfilled? First, you should know that any tefillah that does not have with it the proper focus is not a tefillah. And if an individual did not have proper focus during his tefillah, he must re-pray that tefillah and return and pray again. If an individual, if an individual's thoughts are confused and his mind is distracted, he is prohibited from praying until he recovered his mental composure. Therefore, anyone who came from a long travel and he is tired and distressed, he is prohibited from praying until 
he has recovered his composure. And again, uh, something that we should have in mind that traveling in those days in the, was extremely, extremely stressful. And it was difficult because an individual would be going outside and would be traveling and there would be many, many bandits. And it's pretty well known that the traveling um, was something that was very, very dangerous uh, back in the day, back in the day. Individual would truly be distressed after traveling for such a long time. Amru Chachamim, the sages said, that the sages said that an individual should rest and calm himself for three days before, uh, after, sorry, after traveling, and only then should he pray. As it would truly be traumatic for someone to travel, and he would really need time to uh, recover his composure. How specifically? Is this kavana? What what are we referring to here? That an individual must clear his mind from any thoughts. And he should view himself and think that he is standing before the divine presence of God. Therefore, an individual must sit and relax a little bit before his tefillah in order for him to be properly focused. And only after can, should an individual pray gently and beseechingly. And you shouldn't make his tefillah as, as somebody who has a burden on his shoulders and just casts it away and throws it and walks away, like someone who's just getting rid of his obligation. Rather, it should be something that an individual focuses on and does out of reverence and respect. Therefore, an individual must sit a little bit after his tefillah, and only after should he leave. The early pious ones would focus and meditate, if you will, an hour before tefillah and an hour after tefillah, and would spend an hour on their tefillah really focusing and meditating on their tefillah before, before after, and during the tefillah. And this is possibly something that is reflected uh, from Tefilot Keneged Korbanot. And if an individual truly wants to go deep, there are a lot of these, uh, the qualifications that we see in this chapter and the qualifications that we'll see in the next chapter that do have an element of the, the worship of the Beit HaMikdash. As we mentioned before, the washing of the hands uh, is something the Quran would do. And the <coughs> um, covering of oneself. And as we'll see in this halakha, I, I'll try and point them out as much as I can 
but it is a little bit difficult because of the time restraint, restriction, restraint of the class. Someone who is drunk is not allowed to pray. Because he cannot focus properly. And if he did pray, his tefillah is an abomination. Just like somebody who prayed and needed to release himself. Relieve himself, sorry. Therefore, an individual must return and repeat his tefillah when he is recovered from his uh, drunkenness. An individual who has alcohol in his system but is not yet drunk should not pray either. But if he did pray, his tefillah is considered a tefillah. What is considered a shikor and what is considered a shatui? Shikor is anyone who cannot stand before a king and properly and coherently speak. Shatui is somebody who can stand before a king and, not, and, and speak coherently and not have his words all confused. Despite this fact, if he an individual drank a revi'it of wine, which is one fourth of a log, which is about seventy-five centimeters cubed according to Harambam, he should not. Any individual who drank a revi'it of wine again is not um, allowed to pray until he. His, the alcohol has been removed from his system. Yod het. Vechen, en omdim palel lo sehot. And similarly, an individual cannot pray um, after uh, he after he was just jesting or playing around. kalutrosh, not out of laughter and joking. And not out of a, ca a casual, mundane conversation. And not out of quarreling. And not out of anger. Rather, the individual should only pray after he finished speaking about Torah. However, not out of legal debate. Despite the fact that it is the words of Torah. In order for him not to be distracted by the legal debate and think about the, the debate and the law during his tefillah. Rather, an individual should pray out of words of Torah that don't have too much of a, a deep analysis required. For example, already set and ruled upon laws. Different prayers that are prayed periodically. Musaf, which is like the Musaf service in the Rosh Chodesh, with and the prayer for Rosh Chodesh and for the holidays. An individual must rehearse or practice them, and only after can he pray, 
in order for him not to make a mistake or break down in the middle of his tefillah and not know what to say. Generally, people would pray by heart up until uh, a few hundred years ago where the, when the printing press was invented. And an individual would truly have to practice and focus uh, on uh, properly reciting the tefillah before uh, he would pray, especially for the prayers that were prayed periodically and infrequently. Halachachaf, second to last halacha. If an individual was going in a dangerous place, if an individual was in a dangerous place and walking where a group in the place that there is a group of dangerous animals or robbers and the time of tefillah came, he prays one short prayer, and it is the following. The needs of your nation Israel is are great, but it is difficult for them to focus. May it be your, the will before you, God, that you give to every and every single individual according to their livelihood. Into every creation, whatever it requires to be sustained. And what is good before you do, blessed before you, blessed you are God, that who listens to the prayers. Final halacha. And he prays this prayer while he is walking. And if he can stand in one place and say this prayer, he should do so. And when he arrives to a neighborhood or and his, and when he his thoughts are recollected and when he calms down and it is still time to pray that prayer that he needed to pray he goes and returns and prays the tefillah that he missed regularly uh, and the 19 barachot, just as a normal person uh, would pray. <laughs>